You're with Julian on the Renault, and I think I'll get into this. Um, the last track I'm playing on the show is Neil Young, funnily enough, today. So I couldn't really not comment on the, the most prominently he's been engaged in a 24-hour news cycle for an awful long time. Uh, Neil Young's probably my all-time favourite artist, maybe alongside Bowie and Nina Simone. Um, and I am a uh, an in-depth fan, and I did feature his new album recently, and there's a YouTube documentary of the making of it, which is charming. He's got into this massive battle with Spotify and Joe Rogan, and I love him for it. Um, if you don't know who Neil Young is, he has been con- famously cantankerous his whole career. Most know well when he, uh, he uh, at the start of the seventies uh, he recorded a solo album, Harvest, and a Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Young album called I can't remember what it's Deja Vu. Uh, they both sold like eight million copies, and he was a, probably the biggest star in the world at that in that year. He had two of the biggest selling albums uh, that year in America, and famously headed for the ditch and made a lot of very uncompromising dark music, which is now regarded as the greatest period of his hearing of his uh, career. Um, on the beach, time fades away. Uh, uh, tonight's the night. Uh, and um, just uh, for you know, just ran from being a commercial artist into this music, which has latently, in the years that followed, become incredibly acclaimed music throughout the seventies. And then he did it again at the end of the seventies by spending the entire nineteen eighties making terrible music, a willfully bad, <laughs> deliberately um, unrepresentative to the point where he was famously sued by his record label. David Geffen for making unrepresentative music. Some wag pointed out him making unrepresentative music is making representative music because it's that's what he's done his whole career. But those albums were bad. And then just reinventing himself at the end of the 80s, he came back with Freedom, one of his best albums, and um, then was suddenly anointed the godfather of grunge by the likes of Nirvana and suddenly became huge again. Um, but he's always, always been this hugely cantankerous figure, um, and willfully so. So uh, the fact that he would choose for no reason to take on Joe Rogan. So Joe Rogan's $100 million Spotify exclusive podcast is the world's biggest, and Neil Young said, um, I'm, because of his COVID disinformation, I'm going to remove my podcast, uh, remove my music, sorry, from Spotify, uh, to be followed by Joan Baez and Nils Lofgren, and no doubt others will join him. And others have pointed out he sold his half his music catalogue for 150 million. He can afford to do what he wants. Other people can't, and so on. But the point is this: people are really moaning that this is censorship, and it is not censorship because you have a right to choose who you stand next to. Now you can only claim this is censorship if you thought there was any way on earth that Neil Young removing his music from Spotify was a big enough threat to remove a hundred million dollar podcast. There was Neil Young would have never expected Spotify to do that. He was making a very public stance that he's uh, so Joe Rogan's show. Um, I've got no problem with Joe Rogan, but the problem with his show is that he he crosses boundaries sometimes and, and then apologizes and saying, oh, you know, I got this wrong or I got that wrong." But a section of his audience is brotastic and they go for confirmation bias. So when they hear him saying something that they want to believe, they they listen. And when he retracts it and apologizes, they don't. So the potential for him on such a vast 
environment uh, and such a wide listenership to promote falsehoods about COVID has, has drawn the ire of Neil Young. I would like to point out that Neil Young got polio as a child and had to learn to walk again and has suffered the effects of it for the rest of his life. Uh, uh, so he might have some skin in the game when it comes to vaccines. And the other thing is that Neil Young's two children, both adults now, were uh, born severely disabled. And he has run the Bridge concert for about 30 years for people. I think it was, I don't know if it was cerebral palsy or what they have, but they've been in wheelchairs since children and, uh, and need constant, you know, round-the-clock care. So are susceptible more than average people to dying from illnesses like COVID. So he has some personal skin in the game when it comes to COVID. So I, I, I think, but most of all, I just like the fact that he would stand up and he would stand up and be honourable. I don't want Joe Rogan cancelled. I like the fact that there's more publicity gone to the fact that there's a lot of stuff on his show, which, you know, there should be, he should be allowed to broadcast what he wants, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I don't, I mean, I'm someone that can listen to Joe Rogan and not have my medical advice from him. It, the trouble is, is that some of his audience get it from him. So that's where it's a problem. So he's come back, Joe Rogan's come back and said, you know, uh, Spotify are putting a disclaimer on any of my shows that relate to COVID and I welcome this. He has not responded in a negative way at all. Lots of people are saying that Spotify's lost $4 billion off their share value. I love the fact that it's spiralling and that Neil Young's done this. But the whole reason I, I brought this up is that it's, it's worth, like Joe Rogan's fans are saying, you know, who the hell is Neil Young? He's irrelevant. And uh, I can't play this on youtube but i am going to play it on the radio if i if i wanted to quantify neil young's worth i would play this song uh thrasher for me neil young is one of the great singer songwriters of all time and one of the most interesting personalities to have ever made music he's always plowed his own way and uh even if it's cost him dearly he just doesn't care and i love that about him I love the fact he stood so steadfast. You know, he wrote an album, uh, Let's Impeach the President, when George Bush was in power. And he has a very uh, rural tinge to him that leans towards having a conservative base, but he throws left-wing politics at them like Molotov cocktails, uh, which is wonder wonderful. Um, so I would play this song because it's one man. And yeah, if you're on the YouTube channel, just um, I'll try and put it in the playlist or something. Just one man on stage with a guitar and the words and how they emotionally build for me over the course of this song, that is, that's worth for me. That is worth of a person existing. There's no studio version. This is a studio version. Live on stage, this is Thrasher. Adios.